You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Unless you gentlemen have, well, I use that term kind of loosely. Unless you gentlemen have any any shit, I can't talk. People, I should not drink before we start the podcast. Good evening, folks. It's geekiest show ever, episode one sixty eight. And Mike and I are doing a little imbibing, and Mark is sitting there going, "Shit, I wish I was drinking." So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on water, and these two are on the turps. And uh, <laughs> the the, prob- the problem is, it's nighttime when Mike and Kevin are recording, of course. But it, it's one thirty in the afternoon when I'm recording. I can't have a drink this early, well, remember and not be classed as an alcoholic. But just Can remember, remember what's his? I uh, can't even think of his name now. It's five. It's got to be five o'clock somewhere. It's beer thirty. It's beer thirty. There you go. I'm not beer drinker. I'm not a beer drinker. Definitely yeah. a spirits drinker. But yeah, you know what? If it's a really hot summer's day, beer goes down well. But generally, not for me. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> no. I just decided I wanted to relax a little bit, be a little bit more loose on the show. Because as, as the listeners know, I'm really uptight and very conservative when we do this show. So I thought I'd let it loose a little bit this week. So that's why I'm. Having it, oh, and it's a good thing this isn't video for what Mike just did. The, <laughs> <laughs> I backed away from the camera. If he's going to let it loose, I want some distance here. So mm-hmm. we don't want our eyes poked out, people. Yes, no oh. poking the eyes. But uh, anyway, we thought we've got some topics. We've got a lot of interesting topics that we hope everybody will enjoy. And I think it's going to surprise a few people some of the things we may get into. But the first thing I want to talk about is something that uh, a good listener and I consider a very good digital friend, our friend Dorothy Yamamoto, brought up when we had a Twitter conversation, was about Amazon for music and videos versus iTunes for iTunes for music and videos. Now I'll set this up with a little bit, and then I'll let uh, I'm gonna let Mike start out. Mike is very much entrenched or. Very more, very much more into the Amazon ecosphere when it comes to those two things. Mark is a lot more deep into the iTunes side of things when it comes to those, and I kind of ride the fence. Uh, I lean a little bit towards Amazon more for videos, but I use a lot of iTunes for podcasts. And this all came up because we were talking about the newest version of iTunes 12, the ugly piece of shit that. It, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that out loud. The uh, the piece of software that came out recently. So. But that's that's kind of what it is, Dorothy. Thank you for suggesting the topic. We appreciate it. And uh, you, you got to give it to Apple, though. They did redesign the uh, icon in the dock. Yeah. They, they changed the color and changed the notes slightly so that it was one octave higher than it was before. Yeah, that didn't do any good. And and bless Dorothy's heart, she <laughs> sent me the thing that replaces that icon with that ugly ass red. And Apple, go look it up. Red icons piss people off. Um, uh, you know what you know what pisses me off is when Apple makes that a feature of the operating system upgrade. When when a new icon is a feature, you know that you're pulling at straws. Yeah, seriously, you are you're grasping at them big time when when that's something you have to hold out there as the reason you should upgrade. And folks, mm-hmm. don't get us wrong. I mean, we're all still pretty much Apple fanboys. We're tech fanboys at the top of the list. We're we're very much geeks when it comes to that sort of thing, uh, but you know when it, when you get right down to it, we're Apple fanboys mostly. But there's some interesting things. But back to our original topic, I'll let Mike start uh, talking about his experience because uh, that was where we got that's where we came into this at. 
Well, yeah, because I've just kind of switched over to using Amazon Music for my music. I have in the past used iTunes and not to buy music so much, but to sync my music through. And it does have one or two good things. I do like the Genius playlist for putting together a, you know an interesting playlist because you know you know Mark has his OCD issues, but I have mine, and mine is I like songs that I I know you know, and so I have my list that I listen to all the time. But sometimes I like to break out and listen to different things. Um, and so the genius mixes brings in songs that maybe I wouldn't listen to, and I do listen to that. But I don't know. I've just gotten kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess slightly frustrated with uh, iTunes. And the thing is, maybe not on the music side so much, but you are kind of locked into it. There, You do have things that can... Well, no, I mean, I've tried to import uh, iTunes iList, or playlists into uh, you know other... Uh, players or stuff like that. And some you can, some you can't. It's not the easiest thing in the world. But I guess I just switched over and thought, well, I'll just try using Amazon. The one thing that they have over iTunes is it's sort of a uh, the uh, was it the RDO, the Spotify type things, where if you have the Prime membership, um, you can download songs that you don't own yeah. and listen to them. Yeah, they call it Prime Prime, Prime Music. Music. Yeah. Yeah, so you do have that. So you don't have to buy, you know, all the music. And if there's, you know, an artist, you know, let's say you want to go explore their music, uh, you know, you don't have to go out there and buy it. You can, and the nice thing is you can download because a lot of the times I'm listening to music while I'm at work, and I just don't want to use the 3G data, and they won't let me hook up to the uh, network at school there, so I can't stream music. So I have to basically download stuff, and that's the nice thing. I can download the songs, I can put it on there, um, and listen to the music that I like, and. Like I say, if I want to go exploring a little bit, I've been uh, lately on kind of a – I do own some Dire Straits stuff. I've been listening to a little bit more stuff there, so I've been throwing some of that on. Um, but, yeah, if you do uh, get a you know a, a desire to do something – and they do have curated playlists, which uh, isn't exactly the same as the Genius List. Uh, Genius List will look at your own music and pull it together. This one will be songs that other people have uh, – playlists they put together, and some of them aren't you know, too bad. Uh, again, I need to let go of some of my issues sometimes and listen to a broader range of music, but um, some of those playlists aren't bad, and same thing. You can download them and play them. Now, I think um, uh, maybe it was uh, – um, Lisa Pacelli, I think it was mentioned that uh, it is a little harder to manage the music in uh, Amazon. It's not like iTunes where you just select a playlist and delete it and it'll delete the songs too. You, I, uh, unless I miss something, I think you have to go through there and like the, delete each song, which is a little bit of a hassle. But uh, you know, thankfully, uh, most of their playlists aren't too big, so that's not a you know a bad thing necessarily. But um, for the most part, it's not too bad. You can, you know, like I say, and this, it, it also has kind of the iTunes match part where you can upload your music to there, and if they all, uh, can match it, then you can listen to a higher quality music uh, you know, and, and download it. So uh, there is that going forward. Too. But like I say, I, for me, I'm not the audiophile that uh, Mark is because I'm listening to it over a vacuum cleaner or an auto scrubber or something, so I don't need the highest fidelity. But sometimes to have you know, good quality music there because some of the stuff, you know, my some of my MP3s were from the, uh, uh, let's say, the dark ages um, <laughs> and probably could stand to be updated a little bit. Um, but like I say, that, that's what I've been doing for, you know, music right now. I think she was thinking specifically about music, but I also watch my um, movies through there, quite a bit of them, uh, books. 
And I guess the thing about Amazon is is that it's cross-platform because, you know, I'm uh, – I do like Apple, but I'm not a loyal fanboy. I do dabble in Android. I've got my uh, Amazon Kindle uh, uh, Fire tablet here, Fire HDX. Um, I dabble in Linux once in a while, and uh, it is cross-platform, so you can listen on all these devices, whereas iTunes, uh, it's basically, well, you can take the music out of there, but basically it's... uh, Apple only, and uh, especially like movies and stuff, Apple TV, you're not going to get Amazon on there, uh, and you're not going to get you know Apple on any uh, anything except an Apple TV. So I just like things where uh, I have a broad uh, choice of what I want to watch or listen to, and I guess that's why I've been basically going with Amazon. I figure, why don't I just, you know, I already got the Prime membership. They offered it the Prime Music, and I did pay the extra do- uh, money. I forget what it is. I want to say 30 bucks a year to load uh, music beyond there. And I should look it up. There's a limit that you can upload free, a uh, number of songs that you can upload for free. But then if you want to go over that, then you have to pay for that. And so I did spring for that. So I do have my music stored in the cloud. So if I want to download it again on a different device or something, I can do it that way. But um, those are just sort of the reasons why I've been using Amazon over iTunes. That's, well... I mean, it all makes sense, and I have to say, I do a lot of video streaming uh, from Amazon because they throw so much in with your Prime membership. Um, I've been binge-watching, you know, like, binge-watching maybe is not the best way to say it, like six or eight episodes of a show that I've been, uh, Californication, which is, uh, I find extremely funny. It's not good, it's not for mixed company, and not if you're offended easily. Um, but it, it, it uh, stars uh, David Duchovny from The X-Files, and several other people that have been in, in you know, their shows. It's hilarious. I mean, Rick Springfield makes an appearance in it. Um, uh, the most recent episodes, uh, Marilyn Manson comes in, you see. So it's got all kinds of... Justine Bateman showed up in one season for an episode or two. and So it's got a nice smattering of characters. So I, with Amazon, I do agree with you, Mike, the video. And the video playback that they have, whether it's on my smart TV my Roku, or on iOS, that app that runs in different places works like a champ. I mean, it really works nice to stream video to it because um, I think I sat up to 115 streaming it on my iPad last night just sitting there watching the video play. I was very comfortable sitting on the sitting on the bed, you know, relaxing. You really can't knock it for that. So, But uh, I haven't done much with the music yet there because, uh, again, we know my music collection is not <laughs> huge. So, yeah, <laughs> no. It's approaching 300 songs. Come on, give me a break. Oh, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> so, Jeez, you have to upgrade something sooner or later with that many. Yeah, but now that—that's about the size of my favorites playlist. But okay. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> that see that—that's the size of maybe my ACDC collection. Oh. Be, no, I think my ACDC collection probably exceeds that. That might be my Aerosmith collection. I'd have to look it up. Maybe I should, because that would be rather interesting to actually see. L- literally one artist. I know one ar- artist exceeds that. Well, okay. Let, let's see. Aerosmith, I've got 226 songs. ACDC, when I combine the Bon Scott era and the Brian Johnson era, which you must have them separately, even though they're both very good, you have to have them separately. We're talking about, about 248 tracks. So, and that's not including the new album. So, uh, yeah, 
I, I've basically almost got one artist of just Kevin's entire lifetime collection. That's that's shameful, Kevin. You know what's actually the largest portion of my collection? I just noticed the other day when I was looking through because I had had it playing on my iPod. I have a crap load of classic music, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I like classic music. It's great for me to work to because it's just mm-hmm. I just put it on real faintly. And I was trying to do something the other day, and I needed to concentrate, and I had to block out sound. So I put my headphones on, put the classical music, like Mozart, um, you know, people like that, Bach, and all that, and have it just playing very faintly in the back. And that really helps me a lot. That helps me a lot. Almost as much as that Coffee-tivity app I used to use that would play, make sound like you were in a coffee shop. You yeah, used- I tried that, tried that once. Just could never get used to it. I, I don't like working in a coffee shop anyway. So, well, I don't. Um, yeah. But bringing it back to the, the original topic, I have to say that that's the one thing, uh, the video that iTunes has, the, the limitations with video is what really irritates me about the iTunes platform a lot. And that's what I love about Amazon. That's what I love about Google. Uh, they both allow for you to play this stuff on Apple devices as well as every other device known to man. But Apple, for whatever reason, seems afraid of creating Android apps or creating uh, something that can play on another device. It's like, I don't, you know, I just want to play around and I just want to go to a different device and try it out and not worry about this other collection that I've got. But of course I'm worried. If I go and look at a a Windows uh, phone device or if I go and look at a Google Android device, for instance, I go, that's cool. What they're doing over here I really like. But I've got to remember, yes, I can move my music across, but I, I can't move the video. I can't move all the TV shows, all the the uh, the movies that I've purchased across to that platform. That's, I think, one reason why I've just gone back to physical media because, unfortunately, we don't have Amazon Prime um, or the, the capabilities you guys have. We're, we're getting there, but it's a slow process. So I've kind of gone back to let's buy the physical object, have it there, and then that way I've got a little bit of flexibility and I can do with it what I want. And if it comes with a digital copy, that's great. Um, but it, it's the big limitation that I'm really frustrated with with regards to Apple. It's like I want to have an Amazon Kindle because it, the battery life is incredible. It's got an easier-to-view screen than the iPad, in my opinion, just for longevity of reading. And um, But I, I can't transfer my my book purchases that I've purchased on the iBookstore across to actually view on there. I, I mean, maybe I can do some... DRM trick with um, that there was an, an application that I've got that strips the DRM off this content, but it's not as easy as having it up in the cloud and download it when you want and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of limitations, and I'm starting to get really frustrated with the limitations that iTunes has for users. It really does lock you into the Apple ecosystem, locks you into the Apple TV because you can't. Throw that content up to uh, what? What's the uh, Google stick that came out? Uh, what's the Chrome name of that again? Chrome TV. The, the Chrome you, Chromecast. You, Chromecast. Excuse me. Chromecast. You, you can't put it on there yet. If I've got Catch Up TV or other video apps on my iPhone, for instance, I can actually send it out to the Chromecast. So it, it's really stupid. It means I've got to have this one platform, whether it's good or not. And there's so many problems with the Apple TV. It's it's not perfect. 
the interface sucks, the connectivity sometimes sucks. Um, Alison Sheridan is one who has constant problems with the Apple TV and streaming. You just you rent a movie, you you press play, you expect it to come down. You got the bandwidth. But no, it's going to take three or four hours at least <laughs> to get the content to the little box. And it's like, and, and, but it doesn't happen all the time. The funny thing is I can go to the computer and it will stream down perfectly, but it won't on the Apple TV. So it, there's, there's problems with the Apple ecosystem. It's no longer a case of it just works because it doesn't. And there are better offerings out there. And as a consumer, I feel very trapped in the Apple ecosystem. Now, I'm not saying I want to move away from it entirely, but I do want to live in the world like Mike lives in, like you live in, Kevin, where you've got flexibility. And it sounds like to me that Amazon's the, the perfect mix of, you know what, I can have that on my iPhone. But you know what, next year I want to go and buy a Google Nexus device instead of having the iPhone or, or whatever Android phone is out there. And you know what? You're not missing a beat. You just log into your account, and it's all there. It's there on every possible device. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling Tim Cook and, and Apple just big chickens because they won't put their uh, their content on other platforms. I, I think it's pathetic. I think it, it's um, bad business. Unfortunately, they've uh, they've locked well, so many people in that I, I think it'll be hard to change. Well, just remember though, Mark, they're rich chickens. So this, they are incredibly the, rich. Yeah, so their business plan is working. So I guess if you're making money, I guess why fiddle with it? But yeah, I do From wish business and marketing standpoint, they are brilliant. There's right. no question about that. They're brilliant. But from a, a usability and being fair to their their customers, uh, I'm not too sure. I'm starting to get a little bit jaded. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I mean. I, I, in all honesty, just I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. I've actually unhooked my Chromecast just because it annoyed me. Um, I it, it had it does have that good feature that you were talking about, but for what I used it for primarily, because of having a smart TV, the phone sees the television or the iPad sees the television, and it can throw it up there anyway before you know without the Chromecast. Mm-hmm. Um, there would it would be nice if I could easily stream, and I've tried a few things. Nothing works the way I want it to work. Content from my Mac over to the TV without the Apple TV, which you you can't do. Just as you're saying, there's no good way to do it. Um, the Chromecast was kind of a solution, but some of the stuff I wanted to stream was in iTunes. Some of the things I had bought in iTunes, and I don't. And crap, I don't want to do that. So what I do in, in case of movies, and I've talked about this before, is I rip my movie, I make legal backup copies, excuse me, of my movies, and I put them on a thumb drive that I have in a separate part of the room for safety's sake, and I have that plugged into my Roku for safety's sake, and I just stream them straight from there, and that works beautifully. Well, you see, what I do is I have a Plex Media server set up here, uh, and uh, my physical movies that I have, and I've even taken VHS tapes and run them through the computer and, and digitized them and put them on there. And that's how I watch you know, my stuff, uh, and that works good. I got a Windows computer that got dedicated to doing that. And uh, I think Plex has, uh, a, I think, a bookmarklet that you could use for, if you want to put web pages up there, that wouldn't help with iTunes uh, 
material. But if you want to, like, I, I, I haven't used that, but I think they have a way that you can put it on the uh, Plex server and then play it from there. And I do like my Plex because, uh, and that is one thing that it will, if you do have uh, iTunes on your computer, it will see the playlists and it will take them and play it. Uh, so that does work for that. Um, and they have a whole bunch of different apps that you can put on there and use. And um, so Plex, if you can set one up, is a good way to do things. And they also have you know apps for watching um, the TV shows and stuff on there. Um, so that is a, you know, a good alternative, but yeah, as far as when it movies, um, yeah. And, you know, I understand that it was probably a, uh, after movie industry saw what Apple did with music, I'm pretty sure that they've got things it buttoned down pretty tight. And so it's not just Apple's problem when it comes, um, Apple's not the only part of that problem when it comes to playing movies on other platforms. But, yeah, there's nothing legally stopping them from creating you know, an app on, on any of these other platforms. I just don't see them doing it. No, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they ever will. I mean, they did Windows, iTunes on Windows, I think, under sufferance. But I don't see them putting iTunes on Android, even though I think it would be worthwhile, not only to people who have to play in, in both uh, worlds, but for anyone wanting to jump ship, you know what? I still like the iTunes way of doing things. I just don't maybe like the iPhone six or or six plus, um, for instance. Well, Kevin looks yeah, I, know, I, I know, I know, but, I know what you but mean. there's still a lot of people who are saying, you know what? I don't like the larger size. I was happy with the the five S size and and once they delete that from the lineup if they never do that size again then that's again another lost market i mean apple lost people because they didn't have the big phones but they're also going to lose people if they don't have the small phones whereas android has the variety yeah but android's got the variety and look i don't think we ever want to say apple go into a hundred different models of iphone because it's hard enough choosing one now but i think the three tiers of size uh, it is a nice platform to play in. I think it, it suits everyone's purpose. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, um, I've i actually considered for a second phone, and I'm not going to go into why I have a second phone. I've actually considered for the second phone uh, getting an Android um, uh, phone. I think I may have mentioned that before, and I may mm. do that yet, just because, hey, if I can play in both places and work that way, Hey, so much the better. Get a chance to have that experience and never hurts to broaden your knowledge. And as geeks, that's the kind of crap we like. I mean, we want to be yeah. out there and play I'm, with everything. I'm still pro for Windows Phone. I, I just, I like it. I, the, the, the tiles and the tiled interface and the information you can get from those tiles, I, I like the way it, it's set up and the way it works. Hey, so yeah, I no. think that's something that Android and Apple both don't have. The, the thing that I don't like is these rounded little icons or these square icons with rounded edges. I think it's, I call it Fisher-Price. I mean, that, that's what I referred to it on an amp all the time as fi- the Fisher-Price toy uh, because I, I don't want to say that I've got five emails. I want to say, well, who's the last two emails from? And, and you can get just enough information to go, Okay, Kevin's message may I ignore him. Oh, Mike's message may okay, I'll send him a message. <laughs> yeah, you're you're number one. You get the thumbs up. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Oi. Uh, um, but, you know, that's interesting because I know uh, at work I, I, we got people on all platforms. Uh, I'm an iOS person. I happen to like, I don't, I disagree with you some on the Fisher Price thing, but it, you know, it fits my brain is the way I'll say it with certain things. Well, I mean, uh, kids' toys, you know, can appeal to feeble minds, Kevin. I know, and I am. I, and I, and I, I'm I am just, the most just offended every single person ever to use iOS. Don't worry, I still use iOS. I'm a feeble mind. <laughs> I'm I'm not opposed to being considered feeble minded. Um, <laughs> it, it might get me out on disability. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> the uh, but we have that. We do have a couple people using Windows Phone. My only problem with Windows Phone, and I'm speaking because I haven't used it myself, the tiles don't bother me on the phone. Uh, but the problem is, as far as apps, I should not be so addicted to apps, but damn I am. I can't help it. The app selection, based on everything I've read and seen and heard people talk about, is really pretty poor on the Windows side of the house. That's the one thing, that's the one thing that bothers me. Because I actually... Pardon let me, let I, me I, ask you though. It, it, it's like it's like playing in the Windows world in the late nineties, early two thousands. Is it worth having a million apps, or is it worth having a hundred thousand that are really fucking good? It would be worth the hundred thousand that are really good, but yeah. The problem is, even the stuff that is there, from everything I've heard, again, haven't experienced it, and I'm open yeah, to this. It isn't good stuff. What is there isn't good either. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I start to see good, compelling apps, and we'll flip-flop that. You and I are both fans of Microsoft Office, especially yes. the way they're going and, and uh, uh, OneDrive and all that sort of thing. And I am, I've talked about it multiple times, I love OneNote. I absolutely uh, love Kevin, have, have you played with OneNote on the Microsoft Surface? Uh, no, not yet. That That is incredible. We'll, we'll continue the topic, and we'll get to that a little later, because yeah. I had a chance to play with it over the week. Amazing. Just, it, yeah. it blows my mind. I want to throw the MacBook Air in the bin. Yes, you heard it here first. It is incredible. Anyway. But I've used it on, I've used it on Windows. I've used it on Windows 7 computers. I've used it on iOS. I have it on my iPhone. I've used it on my iPad. I've used it in the cloud. Um... I'm extremely happy with one. So that being said, the point there is that I do like some of the stuff Microsoft is doing now. I think Satya Nadella has the company going, you know, I'm going to assume it's it going to get better. He's got it going in a positive direction. Yes. Um, now, maybe, you know, benefit of the doubt, maybe Steve Ballmer started some of that. I don't know. Can't. I'm not going to speak. We don't know what went on side. We don't know whether Monkey Boy got things going. But... You know, let's put it this way: the company went down once Gates went out. So you know, now it's going back up again. Yeah, so so it's good. But the Windows Phone thing, you know, I'm gonna wait and see. I've I've considered it. There's I forget what is it? It's the Nokia five thirty, I think it is. It's really cheap here in the United States. You can buy it without a carrier for ninety dollars or something like that. And actually, if I thought it would run the apps, had decent apps for my second phone, that would be a strong consideration is to buy that and and play with it. But I don't know. I don't, I mean, I do do a lot of email on my phone now, and that's mainly because of the large screen size. Uh, It's much easier to process my email there, but I don't know. Um, I just have to wait and see. I, 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 it's good for competition. That's the best way to say it. 
if Windows Phone, if Windows Phone is out there, if they start to come on, but they have such a small area, a small share of the market right now. But you know, you know what? We were fans of Apple when they had the small share of the market, and I don't know. Maybe this plays to my personality. I like being in the smaller communities. I like being in that offshoot of. Not the mainstream, not the the overly populated area. Hell, I'm back into vinyl records like nothing else these days because it's coming back, but it'll never be what it was. Um, but back when vinyl was probably the biggest it was, I was into cassette and CD and stuff like that. So I, I think I like being in those small little communities a, a little bit. And I, I look at something like where Microsoft is... Yes, Kevin, I know there's a small penis community as well, but I don't need to play in that community, <laughs> thank you. And how you knew, I don't know. Anyway, so, so listeners, he's had a few to drink and, uh, you know. Anyway, it's not the size that matters, it's uh, how you use it, Kevin. Yes, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I was doing back channel stuff. Uh, yes, yeah, so much for back channel. I'm, I, I've got the balls, the, the big kahunas to uh, put it out in public. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you know. Anyway, back, back to the story. Um, yeah, look, I, I think part of my personality likes being in that unique community. The, the, the that, little guy, that, Rudy, Rudy the, little the little guy. guy. I, I like to, root, and even though Microsoft is massive and and has been significantly big throughout history, um, I, I just I want to see them succeed again because I think Apple's getting lazy. I think in a lot of ways Apple's getting lazy. They're just not doing what they could do. And yes, they've got Android as a competitor. But the, Apple doesn't have a competitor for the PC market. If I look, I, I went over this weekend and looked at Chromebooks, and I was bored senseless. I was like, "Really? That's as boring as the MacBook." It just it didn't really appeal to me. It was like, "Okay, it's there, but what do I do with it? How am I going to get stuff done on it?" It didn't make a lot of sense. Whereas Windows 8 and, and the upcoming Windows 10 looks really interesting. It's just very intriguing, and I hope that they have massive su- successes, just purely because it'll make everyone better. There, there's no use Apple being this massive big company ruling the, the pot of technology uh, if they're going to keep pumping out substandard stuff, or just standard stuff, maybe, is, is a better term. They, they certainly pump out really good stuff, but it, it's not... I think their innovation years are, are long behind them. Unfortunately, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I look at the Apple Watch and it's an interesting concept. I'm interested and intrigued to see one. I may even buy one. But at the same time, hasn't this been done by Samsung and and uh, all of those other kinds of companies as well? I mean, they, they've made the Android um, watches that you can actually connect to your Android device and and. It just, to me, seems like they're going, oh, us too, but other than Kevin and me sending hearts between each other and, and putting Mike in an awkward position because he, he feels left out, uh, what what's the point of, of really where Apple is going with the Apple Watch? I mean, it's not necessarily innovative. It's just taking what the other guys have done, making it look prettier, which it, it certainly looks gorgeous, and... and Charging a whole heap of money for it. I just I don't see the innovation there. It's not like it. Yes, it's it's got a different way of interacting with the screen and a little knob on it that you can turn and all that kind of stuff. Kevin, I know where your mind's going. Stop it. Uh, 
not saying anything. I'm not. No, saying... you were th- you were thinking it. You were thinking it and smirking. So were you, Mike. You don't get out of the scot free. Uh, but you know the the idea is good, and and they need to do that. But what if they bring into the table that is then going to push the the Samsung guys to say, you know what? Well, Apple's beat us here with the watch. Next time we've got to make something better that does this. That. I don't know. It's just like everyone's copying each other and it's just getting boring. I want to see innovation. And the reason why I like Windows Phone is I see innovation of of home screen. I'm really tired of icons on a home screen. I I don't want to know about icons anymore on a home screen. It bores the crap out of me. (laughs) I want to see Apple scrap iOS and redesign it completely. Don't make it look prettier. Make it more functional. Give us more information on that home screen so that I'm not thinking, uh, look, I've got 30 apps and 10 folders, and to do this, it's somewhere. There's not enough space on the home screen to have all the apps clearly shown and all that kind of stuff. Whereas Windows Phone, flick, just flick through, and people are probably yelling at their iPhones now going, yeah, but you can flick across on the iPhone. It's like, yeah, you can flick nose pickle as well, Kevin. Thank you. But the... The thing that I found is the iPhone is somewhat disjointed. It really feels like a separate page. Whereas when you scroll in on the Windows phone, it's a smooth scroll. There is no second page. It is just more little squares. It's It's continuous. It's a continuous flow. It's like viewing a web page on the iPhone. You just continuously push up and the information keeps coming. It doesn't feel like a, a separate page. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried to move an app from the second page of icons to the first page of icons on the iPhone. That is tedious because you get it across there and it just doesn't want to go and sometimes it jams up and it's like, oh, my God, there's got to be a better way. Can't I just give it a directory and say, look, go onto home screen? Can't, can't there be a button there that when you get them all jiggling and jangling that you can then press send to home screen? Or something like that. It's just, yeah. th- there's a lot of things that I just, I, I look at Windows Phone, and yeah, I agree with you, Kevin, the apps aren't there to support the the the, uh, the system yet. I hope it gets better. Uh, but I, I like that fluidness, and I don't think Android really has that fluidness down pat either. They've got a lot more opportunities for more information sort of coming in from different directions and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, yeah it just... Apple, I think, need to strip it down. It's a seven-year-old operating system. It's getting old. I mean, we're looking at 10 years per operating system, uh, and you need to scrap it. You need to redo it. You need to make it more user-friendly. And icons, I don't know. Look, I, I, I was playing around with the Microsoft Surface as well yesterday, and I, I fell in love with it. I honestly did it. It's a beautiful platform. But what I, I think I, I faced the most interest in uh, conundrum with was I then went back and looked at the iPad. And the iPads were on display and, and set up as Apple likes them. And this was after playing with the Surface for about half an hour because the sales guys kept coming across. They wanted to keep me, you know, keep... Keep uh, you there. Keep me there so that I'd buy one. I almost did, but anyway... Uh, But what I noticed was I went back to the iPad and I just went boring, boring, boring. It's just just all these square icons with rounded edges. And I just, I didn't even want to be there. I just went, "Eh." there's nothing new. There's nothing innovative with it. It's the same iPad. 
I had with my original iPad and and my iPad 2s. And because the the one thing that I was interested in was, you know, you mentioned, Kevin, how good your iPad Air 2 is and how fast it is. So I thought, hey, you know, give it a look and I'll play with it. And, yeah, look, it's fast, it's light, it's beautiful. But besides being faster and lighter and slightly redesigned, it's not really different. It's not really unique. It's just the same old stuff just with slight performance improvements. And I think that's where I'm getting tired. I don't want the same old stuff anymore. I want it to excite me. I want to be brought back to the iPad. You know, you say that, and I have to confess, I thought really long and hard. Um, As I said, I got the iPad uh, Air 2 for Christmas, and I still love it. It was a distinctive choice because the other device I was considering was the HP Stream 11 little uh, Windows 8.1 laptop. For, I think it goes, on the Microsoft site here in the United States, it goes for like $200, comes with a year of one terabyte storage, and the Office 365 um, personal edition. That's the shape I was looking at yesterday. Yeah, it was it really. I, I sat there. I was thinking, what do I want to put on here that I don't think? Because I didn't think I'd get either one. But I thought, well, on the outside chance that my my lovely wife was kind enough to buy me either one, I thought I really prefer the iPad Air too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought, but I will admit, and I am still fascinated by the HP Stream Eleven, and that's something I'm going to keep an eye on. The HP Stream devices as a whole, even though I'm not an HP fan offer a really interesting uh, interface, size, cost uh, paradigm, I guess is the word I'm mm-hmm. looking for. Um, and I know, you know, we've all said, uh, Mike and I are a little more uh, little more into using other platforms. He and I both use Linux. Uh, we I have to use Windows every day uh, because work is all Windows, except for the stuff I do on my iPad but um, and my iPhone. So I, I do sit in both camps, but um, it's an interesting conundrum when you start to look at it, which, you know, where is the mobile operating system and where is it going? And I know Mike's, had, and I know Mike's had some interesting experience. He talked to uh, our last show, 167, about his uh, new camera, his Android-based camera, and uh, he, had, he, he has an interesting observation that he's found in the time since then since he's had it. Well, yeah, I've been uh, taking a, a few pictures with it, but I've actually been using it as a tablet, kind of like a uh, uh, kind of iPod-like, uh, because it does have that nice big uh, 4.8-inch screen on it, and uh, you can put. And the nice thing is, and that's what drives me a little nuts about the uh, iOS stuff is, you can put a memory card in there, and you can save stuff to your memory card which expandable storage would be nice. I understand it would upset the uh, aesthetics of the device, but storage is kind of like nice. Um, so I, and I got a 30, no, I think I got a 64 gig um, micro SD card put in there. So I got storage so I can put music on there if I want. Um, I can put movies on there. And but I've just been using it more as kind of a a mini tablet that I can uh, carry in my pocket and carry around with me that happens to have you know a 21x optical zoom uh, camera on it. Uh, but it'll I sit there and I hold it in my hand and uh, and you know I've been and I did have that one 
Android tablet before. That was at Toshiba. And I think I had upgraded it to Ice Cream Sandwich. Uh, I don't remember what their versioning number is. but um, And this one, I think, has Jelly Bean on it. It's not Kit Kat and it's not Lollipop, I don't think. But I was just sitting there using that and I'm thinking, you know, I kind of like that better than my my iPad. One thing that it does, and I know there's going to be security people screaming at me, but it does have the custom keyboards, and one of them, LastPass, has a key, um, keyboard that you can put on your device that you can log into and it will autofill um, your passwords within applications. Uh, you don't have to do, you know, with your iPad, you have to go to the uh, iOS uh, uh, app, copy and paste into your uh, applications. You have to go jumping back and forth like that. This one has a keyboard that pops up and you just, uh, it'll see what uh, app you're running or what website you're on. And you just hit the little uh last pass uh, button on your keyboard there and it'll pop up and say do you want to fill in for uh, um, you know this and it'll do your best guess and if you don't uh, if it doesn't get it right then you can sit there and scroll through and find the one that you're logging into but you know I'm that that's kind of nice that's handy I like the the widget thing excuse me it's you know sort of uh, uh, you know what Windows going for with the tile that you can put little things up there and give you little chunks of information, um, or you can use it as a shortcut to like save a uh, a note to OneNote or something like that. So it does have some advantages. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, you know the problem with Android is uh, they make one operating device for many different manufacturers, so you're not going to have that smooth, fluid uh, experience like you are going to have on. Um, iOS and it can make it a little janky sometimes depending upon what uh, you're running and how many widgets you're running and this kind of stuff. Uh, it can make the system. It uh, I think sometimes uh, I've got the camera uploading photos to uh, several different sites. So I have backups lots of places and I think that makes it slow. There's times I just had to set it aside and let it finish what it's doing before I go and use it. But I'm still thinking because now I'm kind of toying with the idea. You guys are thinking a Windows tablet, but I'm kind of toying with the idea of getting a nice um, Android tablet just because it does offer that flexibility um, that is kind of missing from uh, uh, the Apple or the iOS uh, uh, side, anyway, the Mac, you still have, uh, can still do things with that, uh, add customization stuff. But yeah, the iOS, for reasons, you know, I understand Apple is doing that, locks it down pretty good because it is secure and it offers a better user experience for the average person. Let's face it, I'm not average, I'm above average. And um, you're I'm unique. Just, I'm awesome sometimes, even. Um, yeah, I'm also humble. Don't forget that. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I just like to do things differently, and uh, sometimes I would like to, you know, just uh, have different things on there and uh, be able to put different keyboards and do different things. And so, uh, and I would still, I still have my Fire tablet, which is sort of Androidy, but it's, uh, you know, uh, Amazon's version of it, so it's kind of locked down. You're not going to get the full uh, Android experience. But I would keep that, and I keep my iPad Mini. But I'm thinking I would kind of like to have a uh, an Android. Um, a device. Uh, I don't know if I would want to go a big one or if I'd want to go a mini or you know, a seven, eight inch or something. Like that. I would really love it. Like I say, this one, this one here is a five inch screen. It would be nice if I could find one that would be, you know, pocketable like that. But, uh, like I said, I just been toying with that idea just so that I can sit there and play around, probably make it 
crash and burn and then start <laughs> over again. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, background Christmas, and I still see them if I look around. There's been a lot of Android tablets um, that you see in the sub $130, $130 U.S. range um, that are more than adequate, um, you know, in specifications and abilities, I think. You know, if you, if you wanted to go the Android route, I think that it definitely could, uh, you know, be something that you could explore. I know there's one that our friend Allison reviewed that she picked up at, I guess it was Sam's Club or someplace like that, that was like $109 or something. And she said it worked like hot butter. You know, it was very smooth. It was uh, really... Uh, really nice in the way it functioned. So I, you know, and I've seen a lot of people that uh, took the older versions of the Nook, which I don't know if you can do it with the newer ones, and they would root them, and they could really get a nice experience out of those for an Android tablet. So I mean, and and those are relatively cheap too. I think I don't think they're very expensive. Yeah, there's all kinds out there, and I realize there are some cheap Android tablets, and they will be cheap. Um, and there are some, and there was some, uh, I remember an, uh, some news bit this winter about a lot of uh, Android tablets, um, the, the cheaper brands may have malware installed on them or something like that. So you do kind of yeah. have to be dangerous. And I realize with the Android camp, you, uh, you know, that it is going to be more of a problem. Um, there could be potential, I don't know how realistic it is, but... There could be uh, uh, an increased potential for things, bad things like that happening on Android. But um, like I say, I would still like to uh, be able to do that because to log into my uh, bank site uh, without having to launch the app. And then, well, if I remember to do it correctly, I have to launch LastPass and then find my uh, my uh, site in there, my uh and copy the username, then go in there, open the app, paste in the username, then go back to LastPass, copy the password, paste that in, uh, you know, jump back and forth like that. And it's just nice to be able to open it up, and there's the keyboard. You do have to log in to LastPass um, in the keyboard app. You know, they don't want anyone just getting a hold of your uh, password like that. But it's just one time, and then you can just sit there and click in the uh, – username field and you know it should pop up and then go down to the, your password and should do the same thing it's just kind of nice that way and um and just and a lot there's a lot of the same apps that i use on both platforms so switching back and forth uh isn't going to be a problem because i have you know instagram uh the evil facebook that kevin uh dislikes um uh you know a good twitter app uh i don't know i i do like Tweetbot because, and I don't know, maybe I should look to see if there's an Android uh, tweet app with a tweet marker in it. But I don't know if uh, Tweetbot uses tweet marker anymore. I think it does iOS cloud syncing. But I do like an app that will sync uh, so I can jump from one to the other and I don't have to scroll down to figure out where I was last reading. I have gotten lazy like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, in. in I think the Android offers a unique experience in that, as Mark was saying, you know, it, it, but it's not maybe as smooth as the Windows tablet. Now, I haven't had a lot of chance to play with a Windows tablet yet. Um, 
the only thing I've been concerned with as far as Windows tablets from what I've seen, most of them are kind of big and heavy for the way I'd use a tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reason I like the iPad Air too, as I mentioned on the last show. You know, it, it's very much I can I can set it on my lap or have it laying on my chest or something, and I don't even know the dang thing's there because it weighs almost nothing. Uh, I've got to say the Surface does eliminate that problem from my standpoint. I did see some of the other ones um, that were done by HP and Toshiba, and those things are bricks, and they're just they're really thick as well. They're not even. Basically, because the whole computer platform and the battery and everything, of course, is in the back of it. So right. they've still got to have fans because it's still running full-blown version of Windows. But uh, Microsoft really has done the Surface beautifully. It really feels quite light in the hand. Not as light um, as the iPad Air 2. Um, but to be running the full Windows operating system, um, it's, it's kind of it, it's just awesome. I, I love the idea of put it down and then take it away and it's your full-blown computer plus your tablet in one go. And uh, one thing that I, I did like about the, the Surface, and, and I know Mike's got one of the touchscreen PCs, just that fluidness of being able to touch. It, it's amazing how we are so used to it in, in iPhone and iPad, but when it comes to the Mac, we, we can't touch that screen, yet I've got to tell you on the Surface, I just wanted to launch, constantly launch different apps by tapping the different tiles. It was just wonderful. It was great. But what's even better is it comes with a, a stylus. And I know that Apple is, oh, not stylus, yuck, as Steve Jobs once said. But the thing is, in OneNote, and this is what I was referring to earlier, I could actually take the, the, the tablet off the keyboard, put it there like a notepad and pen, and actually write fluently. And it was actually neat. And it was smooth, and it actually, it actually did it. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was like, wow, this actually works ten times better than I would have thought, and ten times better than I've seen uh, iPad versions work, where you can get the pens and you can write on the the iPad screen. It, it's just, it, it's something like I don't know, either a coding on the screen or the tip that they're using on that pen. It just is absolutely perfect because it picks up your pressure points. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I was just really, really impressed with that. And I thought, well, this is this is great for someone who wants to take notes or write notes. Because how easy is it? Sometimes it's so much easier to just get a stylus and write down a note instead of actually having to type it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've, we've all had those times where we've gone, oh, we want to do a note and we're tapping away on the iOS keyboard. Uh, okay, really? Yeah, we can do it. But it was just so nice to to have that. And uh, the other thing that I really liked about the Surface was the flexibility. So you, you've got the keyboard that can go up and, and can sort of go in a couple of different ways. You can even separate it if you want. It's a, there's even a docking station available if you want to connect up a million and one different things. Um, but I, I really liked the, the fold-out um, kickstand because it allowed you to have it at all different angles. So if you're an artist... Well, you could have it flatter so that you could work with it more as, as you would an art easel, for instance. Um, or even a photographer. Sometimes photographers, instead of looking straight on, they might like to look at something flatter, especially if they're standing on a bench or something. And I can see the surface being really good when standing at a bench because I know when I'm with the MacBook Air, sometimes I'm in the kitchen, I'm cooking, but I'm doing a bit of work as well, and I push the screen down as far as it'll go without breaking it. 
and it's like, oh, geez, it doesn't really sit properly. But this thing, this will go as almost as flat as you can get it. So I, I've got to say, and it, it's based on um, on tension too, um, and that just stays. Once you set it, it stays, and but it's easy to move, but it's not so easy that it just falls away. Do you guys remember Apple's uh, uh, iPad um, screen protector thing that would fold into the the thing to be the stand, and how sort of that would come off easily and what do they the smart cover oh, oh yeah yeah i've got a smart it cover is, it is nothing like the smart cover i mean this thing is solid as you will not you will not drop this you will not push this over once it's in the right spot it, it just it doesn't click into place either so you've got minute little angles that you can change to suit your needs and i've got to say for me it it's I'm interested because it's the computer and tablet of my dreams. It's the two in one. It's my tablet when I want it to be, and it's my computer when I want it to be. The only limitation is I can't run a Mac on it. Um, <laughs> that's the only limitation. Look, you know, I'm just so in- invested in the, the Mac ecosystem that it would be really hard for me to move across. But in saying that, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't think it will take me much to move across. I'm... I'm looking, and when I start looking, and when I don't gawk at the prices that they're charging, you kind of know that Mark's getting unsettled, and he might just jump ship and do not another Microsoft podcast. Well, you know, um, the the cost is is not prohibitive in my you know versus a a MacBook Air or something like that. And I'll freely admit, my work laptop is a Dell Dimension XPS Ultrabook. That thing's slicker and hot snot on a doorknob. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's thin. It's light. It's. It's. I can stick it inside my portfolio that I carry to a meeting. You know, so if I handwrite notes, I've got it there on paper. But I've also got my laptop there to do whatever I need to. Um, so I can't fault you there for that. The keyboards that come with the Surface Pros, and again, I want. Yeah. They're not, not the best. Be- they're okay. Um, I do have to say, though, folks, if you even are considering this, don't look at anything but the Surface Pro. The RT, mm-hmm. even yeah. if they're still making it, sucks so bad yep. that, it, that it's not worth it. We've got a Surface Pro in the office now that we're doing for eval from a vendor uh, to look at. So I think uh, I'll probably get a crack at it for a few days here sometime in the next couple weeks, and I'll let you know my my opinion but I can't short you there, Mark. I mean, again, just like, uh, as I mentioned, the the HP uh, Stream 11, and you know, $200 for a full-blown laptop, keyboard, you know, limited storage. Uh, you're talking something that only mm-hmm. has 32 gigs of storage, yet it does have an SD card slot where you could slip in a 64-gig SD card, and boom, there you are, 96 gigs of storage, probably do everything you'd want it to do, um, and you'd be ready to rock and roll with it, so... I, I mean, I can understand. You know, the Windows with most users too. Yeah, because a lot of people and the people I hear buying the uh, HP Stream Eleven that I kind of follow online that talk about it, they're buying it for that sit back experience, the same way I use the iPad Air too. But they they're somewhere's a little bit not as much of a sit back experience where they just want to be someplace other than their desk working. So mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. Uh, I think it is a. I think it's a good option. I think. You know, 
the fact that you're looking is very telling and where Apple needs to be going. I I don't think I'm going away from Apple as far as a home computer anytime in the near future. But when it comes to stuff for the kids to use, the way they, they bang through computers and stuff like that. You've got to go cheap, don't you? And yeah. Windows has that market. Windows has the the sub you know what sub thousand dollar market i i guess um but they've got the apple sub 500 sub 500, sub 500, 500. yeah and, and apple just doesn't play in those spaces or if they do the the substandard updates like the last mac mini update which was just pathetic it went backwards instead of forwards yeah i don't I, even start I, on that yeah, but see, it's stuff like that that makes me look at other hardware, Kevin. It's stuff like that that makes me go, you know what? Am I going to be a happy Mac user in 12 months' time, in eight, in, in 18 months' time, and all that kind of stuff? Because I'm happy today. My MacBook Air is beautiful. But when I look at the competition, I go, well, I can do this, and it's got this functionality, and it's got this expandability out of the box. I'm kind of going, well... <sighs> I don't have as much of it's, an opportunity with the, the MacBook Air. It's a beautiful machine, don't get me wrong. I love it. But I'm I'm looking at things like the Surface thinking, well, you know, for roughly the same amount of money, you're giving me a tablet, you're giving me a PC, you're giving me stylus interaction. Yes, you can buy a stylus on an iPad, but I don't want a Mac, an iPad and an iPhone. I've done that before. I want a Mac, that's a tablet, and then an iPhone for when I'm out and about. So I want that that convergence device that I've talked about for years. And I think at this point in time, Microsoft has hit it on the head. The, the Surface Pro, and they don't, I just looked it up, they don't do the RT anymore, thank God. But the, the Surface Pro is the machine that I've been after for a very, very long time. It just doesn't run the OS that... I'm really used to. That you know, doesn't mean I can't change, though. You know what I'd love to see, and I know Motorola tabbed or tickled around with this a bit a few years ago, is I would love to see the device, and I've heard lots of people talk about this, where I take this. This happens to be my iPhone. Yes. Now, if it's not my iPhone, yep. it could be anything. And all I do is when I get to where I want to do is I slide it in. All the processing power and everything is in this device. I get ready yes. to leave, it's all on this device. If it's a tablet that I want, a bigger experience than the screen, I slide it into a, a docking station of sorts, and I get you know that, that type of experience. Yeah, it, it's your hard drive, your CPU, absolutely everything is the same everywhere you go, and it's there ready to rock. And once you dock it, it then becomes the full version of Mac OS or, or the full version of Windows, but then when you take it away, it beces Windows Phone or Android Phone or... Or uh, iOS. Or, 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 or Linux or anything like that. I mean, it could be anything. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. That is what I would really love to see. I would love to see that ability to do that. And I said Motorola, uh, I think it was Motorola tinkering around with that. They actually had a phone. It was an Android phone that you, yep. that you could buy. And then you could buy the keyboard screen thing that you shoved, it in, shoved the phone into. And it gave you a full-size screen and keyboard. That was wicked cool. That was yeah. the inflection point where I considered iPhone. I was moving from the BlackBerry. I was coming off BlackBerry. And I was saying, okay, iPhone or that. I was really torn at that point. I'm not unhappy with my choice. 
But damn it, Apple, try to do something like that. You know, that's that's innovation. If Apple could nail something like that, then that's innovation. That's the next ten years of Apple's existence. But I, I think Apple sits back and watches the successes and failures across the pond on what the other guys do and then say, okay, well, that didn't work, so we're not going there. That worked. Let's just put our own touch onto it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and, I, know. and I know people say that iOS is original and it's Apple and everything, but honestly, look, you look at Fisher-Price toys, it looks the same. You look at Palm Pilots, they look the same. You look at Newton, Apple's Newton, it looks the damn same. It's only fancier colours and you can't see pixels anymore, but it's the same damn interface. It, and it just it, it doesn't work in the modern day. And Well, Mike, you, you're the one that, that you've got all kinds of computers sitting there in front of you. Right. Um, what would be your feeling on that, having the CPU and brains be just one device that you could move around? Well, yeah, that would be awesome because I do like that thing that I would, uh, you know, that I could put it in my pocket and take it with me and have all the stuff. Um, and, like, you know, I haven't been able to get my hands on a, a 6 Plus because if I got a new iPhone, it would be the bigger screen because it's just using the, the camera here, which I think, what's uh, the 6 Plus? That's a 4.8-inch screen, no, isn't it? No, the 6 Plus is a 5.5. Oh, okay. The, the uh, 6 is a 4.7-inch screen. Okay, so that would be about the size of my camera here, then, because that's a 4.8-inch screen. Just having the bigger screen is nice, a little bit more real estate. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, and I realize there are some people that would disagree with me, but, yeah, uh, a bigger screen. But, yeah, if I could dock it and just have one, uh, you know, or maybe, you know, multiple monitors or systems, even if you could plug it into a TV. So if I wanted to take it upstairs and be able to, you know, even Netflix or something like that, uh, I guess I'm looking for the ultimate, you know, entertainment device that I could, if I wanted to, uh, I'm not, I don't do a lot of productivity stuff on it, but uh, if I could watch movies, um, you know, play games, uh, something like that, um, music, um, or, you know, maybe uh, when the kids get a little older, um, Skype, uh, video Skype calls or something like that. But, yeah, just the one thing. Um, so you wouldn't have to have, you know, I've got, yeah, I've got two computers down here. Uh, I've got my dear old netbook down there that I need to get out and do something with at some time. But, yeah, you got you get all these computers laying around. If you could just have... Of course, that'd be a single point of failure. There would be a problem, though, too. But you just have your one device that you could uh, have your information on, and you wouldn't have to keep. Uh, that's the one thing I've been trying to do here: uh, is sync my information across so it's uh, updated on everything. And I've tried using uh, BitTorrent Sync, and that you know works. But you have to make sure everything is in sync and keep it you know updated like that. So if you could have one device that you could um, dock into something and have a... Uh, now, I mean, Apple does have some things that they do right, like the uh, uh, the time machine. If you had... And, uh, you know, I've heard other people talking, and I don't know if it's a, uh, Apple's licensing, because, you know, a lot of people 
their phone is their only device. They don't have a computer, so they don't have any way of backing it up. And I don't know why somebody hasn't made a dock slash charger with a flash uh, drive in it that you plug your phone in, and it would automatically back it up uh, and keep everything, you know, so you'd have backups on it. You wouldn't have to think about it. You just plug it in, and it automatically does it. Uh, so that if your phone craps out or something like that, you just take, you know, get a new phone and plug it in there, and it would just put the information back on there like the old phone. Um, you know, this is for the people, and maybe that's too small a market for anybody for it to be a viable solution. But because uh, I plug my phone into the my computer every once in a while and back it up, or I got, I guess I have it syncing over the air, so. Uh, I have my information synced and backed up there, but you know what about those people who don't have a um, uh, a computer to a back Mac. their stuff up? Or, yeah, yeah, or any, machine, yeah. yeah, anything to back it up because yeah, that's true. And even Apple with the time capsule doesn't have a backup option for iOS devices. I think that's the biggest flaw at the moment in in Apple's ecosystem right. is not being able to back up your iPad and your iPhone to your time capsule. It's absolutely pointless. It's like they're forcing you to use iCloud or to use clunky iTunes. And, and that I just go, well, why can't you just send the backup at the same time it's going to iCloud, have it go to Time Capsule as well? It's not that hard. I do that every single day. I have every single file that I create goes well, – and, and when I say file, I'm not talking about big files. I'm talking text-based files for writing and so forth. It gets uploaded to Dropbox and it gets uploaded to OneDrive and it backs up to uh, my time machine backup and it just goes instantly. Every time it saves, I see the, the little icons in, in, the, uh, in the menu bar churning over, sending the data out to where it needs to go. So you can back up one file or one set of files to multiple locations at the exact same time. It's no more tax on the system. It just splits the data and goes for it. Yeah, no, I I think that's true. And I think what would be nice, too, is the docking thing that I'm talking about. I want it to be it, it universal, whether my phone's based on iOS, OS ten iOS, I'll say it that way, or if it's based on Windows, or if it's based on Android slash Linux is the way I'll say it. That I'd like to see the universal universality I don't know if that's a word or not, but it is now. Uh, hmm. I, universality or whatever. Never mind. Yeah, I, I think you had a good one the first time around. Universality. Yeah, uh, we'll run with that. But the I would like to see the connection be that way, so that you know I have that, and let's say my brother-in-law comes over and he's got his uh, Android phone, and he said, "Oh, I need to do something really quick for work. Can I use your screen?" Yep. Go ahead. I pull my phone out. He drops his phone in, boom, he's on to work. He doesn't know the difference. To him, it's the same familiar operating type of thing. But so I, I don't think we'll see that until we see an end to cloud computing. I, I think cloud computing is, is going to be the next decade, and then we'll start to see those convergence devices and a, a linking of things happen. I think that they're going to milk cloud computing until they can no longer milk it. Uh, that's just my opinion because, yeah, and, and look, cloud computing isn't perfect. We we all know that. We've all played in, in that. It works occasionally, not all the time, and then when it does work, it's not necessarily great. But 
it, at the moment, the cloud is seen as the big thing. If you start building in, and, and I agree with you, Kevin, um, but if, if these companies start building uh, docks and, and backup solutions that we've been discussing and even put the, one, the single device into the screen, it, it takes away from this cloud computing, this have multiple devices, spend lots of money, and have backup in the cloud, spend lots of money, and... Yeah, their business model doesn't tailor to people like us who have said, you know, enough with all of this. We just we want simplicity. Yes, we want these backup opportunities in the cloud. Yes, we still want cloud computing, but we want that one central device and we want the flexibility. We want to be able to walk into someone's home and stream content from a Windows phone or an iPhone or an Android phone to an Apple TV to a Google Chrome stick, whatever they've got in the household. I mean, how many times have we gone somewhere, uh, some, to someone's place, wanted to show them something, you know, family photos or something like that or family videos, and we can't easily do it because, oh, we've got to be on this Wi-Fi network to do that and then this doesn't work or that doesn't work and it's like, it, it's still clunky. It's still a clunky mess and, yeah, cloud computing is slow as well and it's, it's just not user friendly. So, it, it it's not anywhere where I think people like uh, you know you, me, and Mike want it to be. I mean, there it's coming along. As much as I hate to say it, I think Larry Ellison was a little bit right in his prediction years ago about the networked computer and the power being outside the box. I mean, we've seen a lot of things like that. I know there are start you're starting to see a lot of stuff where you can. Um, for big projects, development projects, for people doing software development, uh, and because I dabble in that area a little bit, you can actually rent time on servers that have the develop the IDE backends and everything like that, and you can actually rent. Say, oh, I want uh, I want to rent uh, forty eight hours over the next three weeks of time, and you get an IDE for forty eight hours to do your stuff, build everything, and then you can spin it back down to a lower level. Or if you say, oh, crap, this project's going to take 10 more developers, you can buy, you know, the cloud computing power to do that. And I think that's really interesting that you can do those sorts of things now. But mm-hmm. it's still not perfect. You're exactly right. It's 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 a long ways from perfect. And you, then you got people, and this isn't meant as a dig, but you got Mike that lives in a relatively rural area where he has limited bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do I. We've only got one... Yeah, connectivity well, on top of we've it. We've only got one reasonably priced internet option, and that's ADSL2+. Plus. We can't get cable, so we don't have that option. And uh, satellite costs an arm and a leg, and cellular costs an arm and a leg too. The funny thing is my cellular data connection runs four times faster than my ADS2 Plus connection does. And it's like, but I, I can't get the data on there. And it's just, it's, that's stupid. I mean, I can't, all I can do is blame the telecommunications companies for that because it's like, geez, I'm happy. I, I'd even pay a little bit extra than I'm paying now if I could just dump the landline connection and go with the cellular connection and do that. I, I think that would be absolutely perfect. But no, they want to milk the old landline for as long as they can. And and you know what? It, it, it's it's stupid having those ultra fast speeds coming into an iPhone because you know you, you can get forty megs per second down, but uh, load a web page at that speed and tell me 
how fast it loads. It's pathetically slow on the iPhone. And I'm using a 5S, and it's just as slow on the 6. It still takes longer than using your Mac to render the web page. Now, of course, if I connected the Mac to the cellular connection and did it that way, it'd be even faster. But the, the Mac browsers are still faster than iOS browsers and most probably Android browsers and so forth. It, it just is. There's more computing power in the, the Mac to be able to render that page quicker. So the raw speed, I mean, I think they get people on the raw speed saying, oh, you know, 4G, it's LTE, it's all fast, and it can do, have this capability. And it's like, yeah, but... A, you can't use it because there's not enough data capacity. And B, if you can use it, 99% of people are going to be using it on their portable devices, which are slow. It doesn't matter if they're brand new out of the box. They load a web page really, really slowly in comparison to a full-blown computer, especially one with an SSD drive in it. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and like I said, the, the thing is to, to assume, as some of these companies have, that you know, broadband wireless or broadband period is so ubiquitous and that I can be anywhere and see a Wi-Fi network. That's just a hmm. poor assumption for people like, uh, especially for Mike and it is even yep. for me. I mean, there's not ubiquitous Wi-Fi anywhere in my area. I can, yes, see, my, I can see my neighbor's Wi-Fi. So. I'm not, I'm not going to get on their Wi-Fi. I don't need to. But, you know, people that live in much more urban areas, New York City, uh, uh, Los Angeles or places like that where you know it's everything's everywhere that's fine but don't forget about you know is there's a lot of the country that's not that way Australia and the United States there's a huge chunk until the mm. until the backbone is there that really supports it I think it's that's going to make tough for what we really want for what the three of us have talked about anyway yeah, that, I agree. my personal opinion Right. And, and from my experience with the very limited public Wi-Fi, and I'm talking like the ones that McDonald's and the coffee shops offer and so forth, they're so slow anyway. They've got limited bandwidth to begin with because they don't have the speeds given to them either. And they're not prepared to pay for the, the business speeds that would then give customers better a better Wi-Fi experience. So they're probably running on not much faster or the same speed as what I've got anyway. And uh, every time I've tried to get on, it, it's just ludicrous. It's like, really, who's downloading porn? It's just taking too damn long. I just go back to cellular. I go, you know what? It's slow anyway, but I don't have to sit here for five right. minutes watching the guy across from me get a stiffy. It's it's Mike usually. That's that's who I'll find. Whoops! I really hit those sites, yeah. but you know, and you know, uh, going to my my sci-fi roots, I would like what. Um, uh, Jerry Pornell uh, predicted in uh, Molten's God's Eye, which is basically a pocket computer. You put it, you know, you, you've got it's something that you carry around with you. And uh, and he was, you know, exploring this concept. When did he write that? In the fifties or sixties? I forget when he wrote yeah. that book. But you know, that was the idea that you would just have this device in your pocket that would do all this stuff for you. Obviously, more voice controlled and and things like that. Uh, and you know, and I think as human beings, we're going to have to think beyond what we. I mean, the computer itself that we are used to using is, oh, what thirty some, thirty five years old at least. I mean, you're yeah. talking talk, something goes back to the technically back to about the what nineteen eighty with the sure. PCs and stuff like that. So right. 81? 
And so this is the, the, the idea that we've grown up with. And now they are starting to break out with, you know, tablets and now, you know, Apple's watch. It's different uh, uh, how that'll work. We don't, uh, we'll have to see. But at least, you know, they are, you know, exploring new boundaries at least a little bit but uh and google glass i know a lot of people derided that but you know that that's a different idea that if you could you know you don't have to necessarily have a screen um you know to get look at the information uh you know so we we're just going to have to think uh differently about the devices that we use and how we interface with them and you know how the information you know maybe at some point it'll just be neural implants and it'll just beam it right into your head uh and then you know the bug. Then, okay now you just scared me but uh, <laughs> gee thanks for ruining a good uh idea there a good uh, idea mark. yeah yeah but, but think you know, how easy it'd be for me to send you a heartbeat that way mark oh jeez no thanks well and you'd you make, see i make my heart skip a beat kevin Good. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, and see, and I would just hack the system, and I'd send you guys a fart beat, so then uh, <laughs> it would keep you on your toes. Walk around. Where does that noise come from, Minnesota Burp. or South Dakota? <laughs> my friend, my friend Mike. <laughs> yes, the wind's always blowing on the open plains here. <laughs> uh, too funny. Too funny. But uh, and I and I think on uh, that note, folks, we'll kind of with the wind blowing in in all kinds of directions around here. I think we'll wrap up the, this episode of Geekiest Show ever, and uh, we'll let uh, everybody talk about where you can find them. And I'll start with uh, I'll start to my left, uh, Mr. McPeak. You're on my left. Uh, normally I'm on the right, but that's a whole political discussion. But anyway, um, you can find me on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And for all the other stuff I do, there's my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Uh, very good. And the, uh, ever adorable Mr. Green Tree, just like a koala bear. Oh, dear God. Jeez, even that made my lunch, uh, turn in my stomach. If you really want to get in touch with me after that, which you probably don't, and that's okay, I don't mind. But if you do, go across to markgreentree.com. That's excellent. Um, folks, if you want to know more about the show, go over to geekiestshowever.com. Uh, a review in iTunes would never be looked down upon, good, bad, or indifferent. Help other people discover the show. We'd appreciate it. If you want to find yeah, stop out. Stop being so lazy. Give us a review, will you? Yeah, they won't accept my reviews of the show for some reason. I'm not sure why. Anyway, the. Uh, you try to do one every week. Yeah, I do. I try. It's really hard, but I try. Uh, but if you want to find out more about me, I, I hang out on Twitter a lot at twitter.com forward slash big underscore in underscore va. Or go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder and you can find out about me. Hey, folks, we want to thank you for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I think this is one of the best shows we've done in quite a while, so I quite enjoyed hosting it. Uh, Thanks to Mike and Mark for being here. And please remember, between now and next week, folks, don't forget to hug a geek. Or at least the koala bear that looks like Mark. This is Optimus Prime calling all Autobots. Prime to all Autobots. A new tech fan podcast has been released. Return to base immediately so that we can all enjoy the humans talking about technology. Repeat, Optimus Prime to all Autobots. A new tech fan podcast from Spotlight Network has been released. Return to base immediately.